Christmas time? You should have seen the kids' faces already. They're getting excited. The excitement, the anticipation. There's something magical about watching kids experience such wonder at Christmas. With all the demands and distractions of the season, we often wish we could recapture some of that wonder for ourselves. During the next four weeks, we will do just that. Rediscover the true wonder of Christmas, which is wrapped up in God's amazing love. Each week, we'll focus on a different element of the Christmas story and how that helps us understand God's love. A star, a name, a manger, and a promise. Today, we begin with a star. Our scripture reading describes the wonder of a star that first announced the coming of Christ into the world. A star that captivated the attention of certain wise men who appeared after the birth of Jesus to worship him. The magi, or wise men, were scholars and priests from the east, which would have been in the direction of Babylon and ancient Persia. They noticed the unusual star in the sky. They connected uh, this sign with the prophecies of the coming Messiah, and they made the journey to Jerusalem to worship the one who had been born king of the Jews. The fact that they were able to make that kind of trip tells us that they were people of great wealth. These wise men had all of the material wealth that anyone could have desired. But still, there was something inside them that wanted more, something that compelled them to travel hundreds of miles through foreign lands and barren terrain on the back of a camel. Something that told them their lives were incomplete and they were made for more. Most of us sense that we were made for more. We feel that something is missing, that we need something more for our lives to be complete. But sometimes we don't recognize what that need truly is. And sometimes as we yearn for something more, we focus on getting more of the same. And we think that more of what we already have will satisfy the need. So we try to acquire more wealth, more success, more recognition, more stuff, more pleasure, more of everything that has already left us unsatisfied and unfulfilled. The good news is there really is more to life than this. The wise men were wise because they knew that what they needed was not more of the same but more in the sense of something different, something they had not yet experienced. We like to think that we have come so far as a human race, and in many ways we have. But the most important truth about us as human beings has not changed. Wealth, power, positions of privilege, and physical pleasures are not enough to satisfy the deepest longings of our hearts. Something within the wise men knew they were made for more. 
And something inside you knows the same. Something within you wants more than this world can provide. That's why you can have everything and yet still feel empty inside. The Bible in Ecclesiastes chapter 3 tells us that God has set eternity in our hearts. Even if your head has forgotten this, your heart still remembers. At your core, you are a spiritual being because you are more than the stuff of this earth. The stuff of this earth will never be enough to satisfy your heart or give you peace. You long for a profound connection to realities that are eternal and spiritual. At some time in our lives, we all feel it. Something deep within us telling us not to be satisfied with the shallow things of life because we are made for more. Many of us lose that yearning along life's way. We become distracted with making a living and raising kids and paying bills and a million other things. But then Christmas comes along. And as we're gathered around the tree, we feel it again. The hope that comes from believing that there is more. From believing that, that God isn't far off or hidden, but he has come to be with his people. Christmas brings the wonder of seeing the world anew, allowing us to perceive that there is more to reality than meets the eye, more than the things that can be seen and touched. What's remarkable about the wise men is not that they saw the star. Everyone who looked into the night sky saw the same star. What made them wise is that they recognized the star for what it was, a sign that could lead them to God. And they responded in faith. They had the courage to follow where this sign from God was pointing them. Their journey took a long time, but they kept following the sign from God. And that sign, that star, led them to Jesus. For the Magi, the star was a sign. But our own lives are full of signs today, signs that point to God. Your life is full of signs. Consider, for example, the struggle you experience inside. You want so strongly, so deeply to be unselfish and accepting, and loving, and forgiving. But when you're honest, you find it hard to be the person you want to be, and find it pretty easy to be the kind of person you'd rather not be. What kind of sign do you think that is? It's a sign that, like the rest of us, you're made in the image of God, yet flawed inside, and in need of help. It's a sign pointing you to God. Here's another sign you've experienced. If you are a parent, the way you felt when you first held your newborn child, when you looked into that tiny face and felt your child's heartbeat next to yours, 
every argument about life being meaningless and accidental seemed ridiculous. What kind of sign is that? It's a sign that life has meaning and is grounded in something greater than itself. It's a sign pointing you to God. Maybe for you the sign is, is how you feel when you see the beauty of a sunset or stand surrounded by the majesty of the mountains. Maybe it's the stirrings you experience as you listen to great music and find yourself longing for something. You're not even sure what. You can't explain it, but there is a sense of wonder telling you there's another dimension to who you are, something that science and reason alone can't explain. Maybe a sign has come in a time of tragedy and suffering when you seemed lost and alone, but found yourself surrounded by a strength you knew was not your own. Some little act of kindness, perhaps from someone you barely knew, told you that someone cared and that life could be good again. And it was enough to get you through the darkness and pain. On Christmas morning, as you open presents with family and friends and, and find yourself experiencing more pleasure from the gifts you've given than the gifts you've received, what do you think that is? It's a sign that at the heart of reality, there is a heart of compassion that loves to give and share life with others. It's a sign pointing you to God. And there are so many signs in your life and in my life. How will we respond to the signs God places in our lives? How will you respond? We could be like Herod, the political ruler of Jerusalem at that time. He was blinded by pride. Herod knew there was only one throne. So out of fear of being overthrown and having to relinquish his throne and crown, he lashed out. He abused his political power and inflicted suffering on innocent children because he wanted this king he had been told of, this true king who had been born not long ago, he wanted Jesus to be killed so that he alone could be the king he thought he was. Perhaps we don't have the courage to follow because we too know we'll have to give up something. We'll have to give up our position and our crown. When we want to be in charge of our destiny and refuse to get off the throne of our lives, we stay away from Jesus because we're disturbed by the idea that he'll tell us to step down and let him change our lives. Here's the crazy part. Every time I've gone to Jesus and he has made me change, every time, I've loved what it felt like to be forgiven. I've loved being free of bitterness, letting go of selfishness, and no longer being controlled and consumed by fear or pride. Every time I have let go of what's holding on to me so I could begin to hold on 
to Jesus every time, it's brought me peace and joy. Or we could be like the other people in Jerusalem. Matthew tells us that all Jerusalem heard what Herod heard, that the Magi had seen the star when it rose and had come to worship Jesus. All Jerusalem heard that news. Do you know who else went with the wise men to see it? Nobody. Everybody heard about it, but no one but the wise men went to see Jesus. Why? It sounds ludicrous to say they were too busy to find the Messiah, but isn't that the excuse we often make? I've got too much going on in my life to spend time on spiritual matters. I've got responsibilities. I can't just rearrange my schedule to make time to pray, read the Bible, or serve others. Life is so hectic and chaotic, I'm barely scraping by as it is. Have you ever said that or thought that or something like it? Maybe we are too busy and fear the unknown change that will come when we give our lives to Jesus. Sometimes we allow ourselves to become so busy that we miss what's most important. Here's a Christmas commercial with a powerful message. Hallo Papa, ich bin's. Ich wollte nur kurz anrufen und dir Bescheid geben. Wir werden es Weihnachten dieses Jahr wieder nicht schaffen. Wir versuchen es nächstes Jahr und dann klappt es ganz bestimmt. Fröhliche Weihnachten, Papa. Bis bald. Fröhliche Weihnachten, Opa. There goes a day, there goes a week. So many goals I had to reach. The more I did, the less I cared. The more I miss the love you've shared. If life is a song, somehow it's sad. I don't know the words without you dead. You've been on my mind all the time, and I miss saying you. Home used to be just some walls that I know. But the truth is that home means nothing without you. Wie hätte ich euch denn sonst alle zusammenbringen sollen? Every time I watch that commercial, I start to cry. It's for a German supermarket. I've never been to that supermarket. But that's a very effective commercial, I think, that kind of tugs on your heartstrings. In that commercial, the man pretended to die. He said that was the only way to bring his family together again at Christmas. 
Jesus is the one Christmas is all about. And he came into this world to live and ultimately to die. Jesus really died. He died for you and me. And Jesus is really alive. Jesus is really with us. Jesus is really reaching out to you, calling you by name. The joy of every longing heart is Jesus. You can know that. You can follow Jesus and worship our good and gracious King. You can hear his voice as he speaks to you through his word, through the Bible. I encourage you to follow our Advent reading plan in your bulletin. It's there as a handout for you to take and to use. And this is a great way to prepare for Christmas. For all that we have to do, all the parties to attend, the gifts to buy, the wrapping, the cooking, this is the best kind of preparation. This is the way that you and I can best prepare our hearts for Jesus. And so as a church family, we're reading one chapter of the book of Luke in the Bible each day in December. One chapter, it may take three minutes, four minutes. There are 24 chapters. On Christmas Eve, you will have read an entire account of Jesus' life. You'll wake up Christmas morning knowing more about who we celebrate and why that Jesus changes our world. You can know the presence and power of Jesus in your daily life. That's the wonder of Christmas. Like the wondrous star that guided the wise men to the Christ child, God has placed signs along your path, all meant to lead you to him. Are you ready to respond today? Are you ready to receive him? Whether for the first time or in a deeper and more meaningful way, are you ready to receive the one, the star foretold, the one you were created to know, the one who can give you peace, the one who offers himself, Jesus? If so, then humble your heart. Ask to be forgiven of your sins. Let God take his rightful place on the throne of your life and worship Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for all the signs you place in our lives. These signs that point us to you. And thank you most of all, Jesus, for coming into our world to be our Savior, our ruler, our King. Help us perceive how you are drawing us to yourself and give us grace to trust, obey, and worship you. We pray in your name, and as you taught us now, we pray together. Our Father, who art in heaven.